Amen. Thank y'all. I'm not sure if y'all know this or not, but today is the second day of Easter. It's not the, the week after Easter. It's, it's the second week of Easter. Did you know that? See, in the, in the history of the church, Easter wasn't just a day. It was, it was a season in the life of the church. In, in the early church, it was called Eastertide. And it went all the way 50 days to the celebration of Pentecost. And one of the reasons why the name Pentecost comes from Penta, which means 50 days after Easter. So that's just a little fun fact for you this morning. Uh, that's free. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Um, you want to hear one more? Good. Okay. Um, I was going to tell you anyways. Uh, the second week of Easter in the Christian calendar is, is often referred to as Low Sunday. And that's not just because it's usually a day where the attendance is low. Uh, y'all, good job for being here, everybody, today. Y'all are proud of you. Uh, but it's not just because of that. The reason why they called it Low Sunday was because there was an, uh, in, in the original Easter festival that they had in the early church, it began on Easter Sunday, and then it lasted for eight days. That first Sunday was called High Sunday, and then the second Sunday was called Low Sunday. And as I thought about that a little bit this week, I thought, you know, since, since today marks the, the end of a week-long party, I think that might be why one of the pastors I used to work for called this Sunday the day of the hallelujah hangover. So uh, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's what that was about. I don't know. But what I want to share with you this morning is uh, just as the, the resurrection is, is the pinnacle of, of the Christian story, Easter Sunday is kind of the apex of, of the Christian story year. But, but there's something really important, I think, that we need to think about when we think about Easter Sunday and, and the Sundays that follow. Uh, it's really important for us to remember that Easter Sunday is not the end. In fact, it's just the beginning. That's, that's the whole point of the good news of God's grace. It starts there, but it doesn't end there. Easter is, is the mountaintop kind of in some ways, right? It's the highest of highs. We get so excited and, and many of us come to church and we worship God and we celebrate that victory. And then what ends up happening sometimes is we, we, get, we, we get back into our normal lives after Easter Sunday. And, and see, that's not, what, that's not what the resurrection is about. It's just the beginning. Of, of new life in Christ. And, and so that's why I think Low Sunday is a really important Sunday uh, for us as followers of Christ and as the church. You see, it's on Low Sunday uh, when we've come back down the mountain, we've gone back to our everyday lives in the valley that we come face to face with this reality that we need to come to terms with. Uh, we need to ask ourselves this question, this simple, powerful question. Now what? What do we do with this good news that's, that's, that we've seen and heard that's been entrusted to us? How do, we, how do we live our lives in response to this life-changing, world-changing event that's happened and that happens all the time? In other words, how do, we, how do we view this new reality in light of the resurrection? How do we live out our faith, not just in the, in the highest of highs, but in the lowest of lows and, and everything in between. I think that's an important question that we need to ask, and there's no better time to ask it than here on Low Sunday. 
We, we see this happen all the time in our lives of faith, don't we? We, we have those mountaintop experiences like, like Christmas and Easter and mission trips or retreats or baptisms or, or those come to Jesus moments that we have in our lives. Uh, it's during those times where I think God's presence seems so strong and, and, and palpable. And when the church is full, it's easy for us to celebrate and to, to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and it's easy for us to boldly proclaim the good news and, and bear witness to the faith that we profess, right? But, but those other times, those, those in-between times where the dust settles and the music fades, we discover what the life of faith is, is really all about, don't we? I know I can, I can personally attest to that, not just in my own life of faith, but, but also in my ministry as well. As, as a pastor, you put so much time and energy into those mountaintop experiences, and when they're over, sometimes you just crash. I'll admit, last week I was totally spent after, after all our services and, and all the things that happened during Holy Week. And it was, it was great, and it was a great feeling, but I was worn out. Uh, but sometimes it can be uh, it can be draining, even even uh, not just physically, but but emotionally, right? It, sometimes it can be even discouraging to see so much excitement, and then we see how quickly that fades in our lives. Uh, we kind of get back into the the status quo, right? I mean, we we have good intentions. We want to keep that uh, the fan of faith, the flame of faith, going and glowing and. And, and we want to keep it moving, but sometimes the emotion wears off and the busyness wears us thin, and it's, it's so easy to, 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 to quickly go back into those old routines, isn't it? Um, oh, here's the reason why I wanted to share that this morning. I think that, that our scripture lesson has something to teach us about that. I believe that, that some of those feelings may be exactly what, what the disciples were wrestling with following that, that very first Easter morning. And, and the good news is, is that it's into that very place that, that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, appears to the disciples and he gives them some instructions, some, some instructions that I think as followers of Christ today that we might do well to listen to and apply. So, so what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you uh, all four gospel writers, how they, they tell the story of, of the events that happened after that first Easter morning. I want you to hear, hear the pattern with it. I want to start with John's gospel. Uh, it talks about this conversation between Jesus and the disciples. Listen to this, John chapter 20. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Remember that. Now I want you to hear John's gospel. Chapter 16, later, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I hope you can hear a little bit of a pattern forming here. Listen to Luke's gospel. He told them, this is what's written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Now Luke's 
Luke's gospel continues on into the second book that he wrote, which we know as the book of Acts. Listen to how it starts out. Acts chapter 1. Jesus appears to the disciples and he says, but you will be my, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And then finally, Matthew's gospel captures this great conversation between Jesus and his disciples. This is probably the most familiar of these passages. We know it as the great commission. You've heard that before, probably. Listen to this. Matthew 28, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. When they saw him, or when, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age, always. This is God's word for us today. I wanted to share all this with you just to give you kind of a picture of, of what's happening after Easter Sunday. And, and especially with the Matthew passage, if you're like me, you've heard this passage a thousand times. You've probably heard a thousand sermons about it. And, and with it comes this responsibility to, to spread the message to the ends of the earth, right? And, and that's 100% the point of this passage uh, but I think there's another point to this passage, uh, one, that, one that gets missed sometimes, one that really up until this week I hadn't really thought about before, but once I did, I decided that I wanted to share it with you today because I think it's powerful. I think it has powerful implications for you and me here on this low Sunday. It, it doesn't change the traditional message, meaning of the message, but I think it, it kind of expands it for us to see the abundance of God's blessing. And and here's what I think it is. I'm gonna share it with you in the form of a question. What if Jesus is telling the disciples to go and make disciples, not just so the message of faith can be shared, but what if it's also so that the messengers might be strengthened in their faith? Think about that. Let me say it again. What if Jesus is telling the disciples to go make disciples, not just to share the message of, so that the message of faith might be shared, but so that the messengers of faith might be strengthened in their faith? Does that make sense? Here's what I mean by that. Uh, if you think about what's going on in the story, this was a crucial moment in the lives of the disciples, right? What had happened right before that? Their faith had been tested and many of them had failed the test, right? You remember what had happened? So many of them had, had scattered. They'd, they'd missed the point. They'd denied the truth. They'd shrunk back in fear. They'd questioned everything. They'd fumbled the snap. They'd dropped the baton. This was an all-time low for the disciples. It was a low Sunday, if there ever was one. Maybe you can relate to that. Many of them were, were hiding behind locked doors. Others, others of them had gone back to their former way of life. Remember, Peter went back to fishing. They'd abandoned all hope that their dreams of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven would become a reality. So when Jesus appears to them after the resurrection, what he does is he does what every good teacher, every good coach does uh, for discouraged and disappointed players. What does he do? He gives them a new assignment and he tells them to get back in the game, right? In football, right? When a person fumbles the ball 
a lot of times the coach will call a play that very next play to get that person the ball again, right? Uh, when, when we were teaching our kids to ride bikes, if they fell down, uh, we could, we, if they fell down on their bike, we'd get them back up as quickly as we could. We'd put them on that bike and we'd say what? Go, right? I think that's maybe what's happening in this passage. Jesus is saying go to his disciples uh, to tell them essentially to get back on the bike and get back in the game, get back to the work of the kingdom and follow the instructions of the king. See, this is the good news of God's grace on multiple levels. Not only are they sharing the good news, but, but I believe Christ is strengthening their faith in the good news by sending them out. This is the good news for disappointed and discouraged disciples both then and now. See, the good news of God's grace is that even if we've denied Jesus, even if we've shrunk back in fear, even if we've showed up on Easter Sunday and then gone back to our normal lives on Monday, Easter isn't the end. It's just the beginning. Amen? Y'all still out there? (laughs) Our resurrected Savior and Lord has work for us to do, and he's calling you and me to go. And do it so that lives might be changed. And, and guess what? One of those lives that gets changed in the process is ours. So, <clears throat> so here's the application for, for us today. Here's a, here's a practical next step. I think, this is just me, but I think we should declare today, the second Sunday of Easter, the day that's traditionally known as Low Sunday, from this day on, I think instead of Low Sunday, we should call it Go Sunday. What do you say? Let's, let's call it Go Sunday so that not only the message of faith might be shared, but that the messengers might be strengthened in their faith. You know, teachers will tell you that the best way for you to know the truth of something is to go and, and tell someone else about it, right? Uh, so the best way for us in the same way to see the power of the gospel is to share the gospel with someone else, not just with our words, but with our lives. See, the life-changing difference that the gospel can make is true not only in the lives of the hearers, but in the ones who, who deliver the message as well. Again, I can, I can attest to this in my life of faith and in ministry as well. I've grown more in my faith by, by sharing my faith than anything else that I've done in my life of faith. I'll share you, I'll, I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, every week when I prepare a sermon, uh, most of the time I feel like God gives me that message because I need to hear it just as much as, as you do. <laughs> and so I grow so much in, in, and am strengthened in, in God's word by, by sharing God's word. I think that's just how it happens sometimes. Sometimes I wonder if, if God called me to be a preacher just because I needed to hear everything that, that, that I needed to say. And, and you know, it's happened so many times in ministry as well. I've led mission trips and retreats and I've recruited and trained volunteers for ministry. And, and the response over the years is almost always the same as people answer the call to go and serve. They say, Trey, I got so much more out of that than I gave. Uh, I grew more in my faith by sharing my faith and by serving than I ever have before. I, I believe that's the double blessing of of the call of Christ is that God blesses us to be a blessing. And as we're a blessing to others, then we are blessed in the process. That, that's why I think the great commission is so great 
It's, it's the life-changing, world-changing message of salvation and transformation in Christ, and it transforms the messenger as much as it does the hearer. So, so if we want to hear, if we want to keep the light of Easter shining brightly, if we want to fan the flame of faith in our own hearts and minds, and I believe we need to go and share it with those around us. We need to remember that Easter is not the end. It's just the beginning. It's not just about what happened on that mountaintop Sunday. It's about what happens every day that follows because of what happened on that mountaintop Sunday. But for us, it's not just what happens every Sunday. It's what happens in the valley of Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. It's what happens beyond what happens when we go to church. It's what happens when we decide to be the church. Amen? I shared this with you before, but, but one of my friends who's a pastor, he, he ends his worship services every week by saying this. He says, okay, it's time for you to go. And then he says, no, really, you got to go. Because if you don't go, if, if what we do in here doesn't make a difference out there, then what we do in here doesn't make a difference. So the message is simple this morning. Go. Go. Not yet. We're going to sing one more song, but, but after that. <laughs> go, whatever that looks like for you. Go and, and share the good news of God's grace with those around you in word and deed. Go and, and share the love of Christ with someone through a message or through a meal. Go and, and get involved in a mission or a ministry. There are lots of places here in the church to serve and, and I promise you, you'll be blessed as you bless others with your time and your, your talent and your treasure. Go and tell someone who's struggling the good news of God's grace by simply telling them your story of how God's grace was present in your life when you were struggling. Whatever that looks like, go and bear witness to what God has done in your life. Go and make disciples of all the nations, Jesus says. And, and don't forget the promise that whenever and where, wherever we go, God promises that we're never alone. Jesus' final words in Matthew's gospel, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The good news of God's grace is that God is with us, God is for us, God is working in and through us for our greater good and for his glory, which is our greatest good. Friends, I believe that this is the good news of God's grace that the world is dying to hear. I believe it's the good news of God's grace, the sacrificial, unconditional love of Christ that people are dying to see. So let's go and make sure they hear it. And more importantly, let's make sure they see it in our lives and in our life together in Christ. Amen? Amen. I want to pray for us and the worship team is going to come back up and I'm just going to pray that God puts that on our heart, whatever that looks like. Uh, whatever it looks like for us to go. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't look the same for everyone, but I pray I, God's grace always meets us right where we are and, and leads us to follow him. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for your presence and provision and power in our lives. I thank you for your word that spoke and still speaks. I thank you for the word made flesh and dwelt among us, your son, Jesus Christ, who, who you sent to us full of grace and truth. And just as you sent him to us, he reminds us that he sends us out full of grace and truth. 
to be his hands and feet. God, help us to do that, to share your grace, the good news of your grace with those around us. Lord, speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've got any questions about a relationship with Christ or a connection to this church, I'd love to, to talk to you. You can let me know whether you're online or whether you're here. We'd love to connect with you and help you take a next step of faith. Just let us know how we can do that. But let's stand and continue to worship.